game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. So, Donald, I'm really excited. Um, we're going to get into it a little bit more in the show, but I'm really excited for Keith Lee uh, going on Raw um, because that just means at some point he's just going to be known as either Keith or just Lee. Oh, like, no, can, no. can we can we start taking bets on, like, what which part of his name he's going to lose first? Well, it's probably going to be Lee. They're going to call him the Limitless Lee. The lim- oh, my God. Yes, because I'm that's the limitless w- Keith. That's 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 a WWE thing right there. Like the limitless. limitless thing I can see. What's up, LL? Oh, you can't really do just like fucking Keith. So like you can't say the limitless Keith because then it's just like, nah. The limitless, limitless Keith. Keith. Like, do you really trust that many people that are named Keith? No, you don't. How many people, cool people can you really think of the name Ke- or that I mean Keith? Uh, Keith, Keith Lee barely cuts it. Keith Lee barely cuts it because he can kick our ass. Yeah. But like if he was just if he if he was just known as just like Keith, like I don't I don't know how how scared I would be. Why didn't why didn't it'd be cool? And then I know I'm getting dumb now, but what if he just went as like Keith Yim? Keith Yim. Keith Yim. No. No. Or does Mia just like... go by Mia? Or Mia go by Mia Lee? I could do Mia Lee, but like, kiss, like, Keith Yim just sounds like Mike Tyson trying to say kiss him. <laughs> Keith Yim. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling podcast on that. I'm done. Uh, we had a really long week of wrestling, and I personally had a really long weekend, and I'm tired. Um, so my uh, my energy is gonna be about at like a sixty. So um, you're you're about as energetic as Bruce Pritchard is on something to wrestle. Ooh, hey, that's not fair. He's actually well, not recently. Yeah, you're right. I'm gonna be as energetic as uh, Eric Bischoff was in catering. Oof. Oof. Your, your uh, energy levels are uh, your energy levels are Eric Bischoff running SmackDown. Uh, my energy levels are actually no. I was gonna make a SummerSlam joke, but SummerSlam wasn't that bad. It actually wasn't. Um. So, do let's well let's start with the beginning of the week. Um. So well, and the beginning of our week actually started on Friday, last Friday. Um, yes. With uh, SmackDown and and the SmackDown debut of the or was it the debut? Thunderdome. Of them? Yeah, it was the debut yeah, of the Thunderdome. Yes, it was the debut of the Thunderdome. God, this whole fucking weekend felt like a one whole long fucking week. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've been getting up at like three a.m. and staying up so late. Anyways, yeah, uh, Thunderdome. Uh, you got to participate. I did get to participate. You didn't get, get kicked out after I read you the rules. And yeah. it's a good thing I read somebody the rules. Hop in the hall. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So, so there's nothing that explicitly says that you can't wear an AEW t-shirt. However, uh, one of the participants of the Thunderdome like, got stuck in a post-production meeting. 
and they explicitly said, "Oh yeah, if you see anybody wearing AEW t-shirts, you're you're gonna get kicked out. They're gonna really? get kicked out." Oh yeah. wow. So, because there's people there wearing like NJPW t-shirts, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Totally fine, but like those three, uh, those three North American letters of AEW. So much yeah. for a pissant company, huh? Yeah, I know. Well. So, but more interestingly, I here's what I'm disappointed with. They didn't use Thundershook to introduce the Thunderdome. Well, I mean, ACDC um, are friends of WWE, but they also still, you know, like money. Yeah, so, but if you're if you're already using ACDC for the SmackDown intro. Oh, that's right. I thought that was just a one-time thing. Well, I mean, again, that's but those are two totally different things, though. Like, you're already paying money for the SmackDown theme. You're not going to drop, like, maybe, like, another half a million on rights just to play it the one time for fucking Thunderdome. I mean... No. It's, like the, it's like them paying, like, what was it, like... It's like them paying... Wait, it's like them paying... For it. you're, you're, it's kind of like saying paying Ric Flair $500,000 just to show up two times a year. Okay, but that's different, though. That's Ric Flair. Like, if you're paying, like, Jinder Mahal $500,000 just to show up 2,000 times, I mean, two two times a year, that's different. You know? It's like, you know, it's not like you're asking them to pay, like, close to what? Like, two, like, a half, like, a quarter of a million dollars just to play Ender Sandman for one time in 2005 or however much it was? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, they're they're already cutting costs. If they were gonna play ACDC again, like they would play like a kids' bot version of ACDC, just to save money. Yeah, I guess they could do that. But what did you think of the Thunderdome personally for yourself? Because we've had two uh, different experiences. It was really interesting and original, and I've never seen anything like oh, except when I watched the NBA. Um, no, um, somebody made a point. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or Cage Side, but somebody made a point of like there's two different um, lines of thought when it comes to virtual fan experiences. Like in the NBA, like everybody's basically just like, oh yeah, like, you know, I get to do this. I get to cheer on my team or whatever. And wrestling fans are very much like, oh man, like this is script fighting and I have to make the show about me. So I'm going to show my PP. You know, this. <laughs> And with you, Donald, it didn't really matter because your innie looks, your Audi looks like an innie, and so you know nobody knew the difference. Um, it honestly, I think it, it obviously ma- makes a shit ton of difference in that you know there's a lot more lighting from the screens. Um, you're able to see faces, which is kind of weird because it almost feels like. And Ruby Hardy made kind of made a point about this on Twitter, or at least a comment, just like it looks like chat roulette for wrestling. Yeah, it does. Uh, which is really weird. Uh, and it's funny because, like, so when I was watching SummerSlam, um, I had to step away from a mo- for a moment, and so I had my tablet on the kitchen table, and I was in the kitchen. And if you are ab- if you were to, like, look at your small screen from afar, it looks like there's actually people in the audience. Yeah. When you're actually watching it up close, you can tell it looks, like, just really interesting. And there's a delay. Is, am, am I correct that there's a delay sure. between what you're seeing and what's actually happening? Yeah, the, well, for, so for example, from what you're seeing and how you're reacting, there's a little bit of a delay. Oh. But what what they're kind of, what they do is, uh, so for example, with the live stream itself, it's 
pretty close. I would say there's maybe about a two to three second delay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're watching it on TV, like, so if you're watching it on TV, you're getting about a minute to two delay from what, what's actually going on. Yeah. So, so, so I don't I tried, know. So, I tried doing that. I tried doing that watching SmackDown and watching, watching SmackDown and watching, you know, watching it through the live stream that you have for the fandom or for mm-hmm. the Thunderdome. And like, there's about a two minute delay from what you're watching on, on your laptop versus what you're seeing on TV. Mm. Okay. But how did you enjoy it overall? It was, it, it was, yeah. Like SmackDown wasn't the best show to kind of kick it off with. Yeah. I think if, I think if they'd have just kicked it off, and but I get it, it's supposed to be their A show now. I think well, if they would have just it's, kicked it's, it off. It, it should, it's, it was supposed to be their A show once it started last year, but. Yeah. But I get it, like what they're trying to do is, uh, you know, they want it on the A show and then show it out everywhere else. And you know they want that fox. They want that fox. Uh, you know, ratings bump. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it should like they have a lot more people viewing it on Fox than they probably would on USA. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, you know, they obviously got to try some stuff out the day before when they did some dark matches just to see how it would work. Um, Here's my big problem. So. Storyline wise, like for example, you have things like uh, Metribution, Ugh. and and you know they're always hacking the uh, you know the lighting things and everything like that. But you know when they showed up this past Friday, like you would think you know they would have like jacked up the whole Thunderdome thing to kind of give it that effect, but mm. nope. No, it's expensive. Of course, they wouldn't mess with that. Um. So okay. So just just so I know, like, what is it like when you're watching it on your computer? Like, is it like watching it on your TV? Is it almost the same experience? Like, are you getting commentary too, or are you just like, is it basically yeah. like, as if you're same sitting experience. there in the in the arena, like you're it's just hearing? It's the same experience. Same experience as watching it on TV. Yeah, but you're just like you're seeing it just slightly ahead of what's on TV. It's kind of dumb, not gonna lie. I don't know. I mean, luckily it's free, so I guess I can't complain. But um, so I know you, luckily, went against um, shitty judgment and didn't show your ding dong, or I'm sorry, in your case, your Twinkie. On uh, on the show, um, what about some other people? Have you heard about anybody else doing anything? Oh yeah, there was a so on Saturday or not Saturday Sunday. So on Sunday you got some dumbass who uh, not dumbass, I wouldn't call him necessarily a dumbass, but uh, a guy had a sign that you know read Fire Velvet Team Dream, and so uh, outlaw. Yeah, he got banned. He like he even went on Twitter and said, "Yeah, they banned me." Um, but then on Monday like Monday is where people kind of start to get a little bit more ballsy so in the opening segment of Raw you had a guy you had a guy uh, basically change his picture of a picture of Chris Benoit looking looking at the crowd 
Yeah, I saw that. And then uh, later on, like towards the end of the night, you had, like during the Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio versus uh, Monday Night Messiah, you had a guy like streaming a KKK rally from his, from his feed, which WWE actually kind of responded to it. Um, their reaction was, the apparent behavior does not reflect WWE's values. We have zero tolerances for these unacceptable acts. We are working to ban those involved from future events. And per our policies, any inappropriate actions result in the removal from the live stream. God, who'd have thought that if he didn't vet people, that people would probably be up to no good? Yeah, I know. You know what I did see a lot of, though? What's that? It's all a lot of Pikachu. Yeah. Especially during SummerSlam. I thought that was cute. I was just like, yes, please. Can we, like, instead of having people, can we have plushies on Mm -hmm. the screens? Like, I need to see, like, a field of Pikachus, or I need to see, like, some Yoshis thrown in there. I need to see everybody. Can can everybody that listens to this, so all, like, two of you, uh, if you're able to go into the Thunderdome, please uh, hold up your favorite stuffy and uh, just let them enjoy the show, because I think that would be fucking adorable. Um, Did you see... The execution. Oh. So on one of the screens, uh, I gotta find it again. I'll send you the link. But apparently, somebody played a video of an execution on their screen while they were in the Thunderdome. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like a dude legit on his knees, and somebody coming up and like just you know, killing the motherfucker. I think yeah. it was during Raw. I, I I think so too. Nobody's really kind of publicly said anything about it, so. Because I don't think they want to. Yeah, I mean, obviously. So, so does this mean that they're pro killing, but not you know? Obviously, they're against the KKK. Like, they, <laughs> uh, do they have ties with the Mexican cartels or the Colombian cartels or the, <laughs> or the Paraguay got, cartels or the? They they love that pure uh, Singapore Bogota. They love that pure Bogota, you know, stuff. They love something. Um, but yeah. Um, now, what's kind of interesting, though, is uh, so the city of Orlando kind of kind of leaked, like, the cost that WWE is paying to run the Amway Center. Oh. And uh, it, they got a fucking Jesus crazy Christ. deal. Really? Um, I thought it was a lot more than this. Yeah, no. So it's for 78 days until October 31st. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE is paying about 200000 to rent it. And the way it kind of breaks down is uh, 12500 for Sunday events, 10000 for Monday-Friday events, and mm-hmm. 7.5 for any days that WWE works in the Amway Center. So like for setting up stages, things like that. Yeah, and so we're getting three pay-per-views out of the Amway Center, apparently. So uh, they are contracted to obviously work Mondays, Fridays, Saturdays, uh, sorry, Mondays, Fridays, Sundays, and whatever days they need to work inside there. But the Sundays that are on the, t- uh, that are, uh, that are a part of the deal are obviously the 23rd, which oh, you broke is out this there. past Sunday for SummerSlam. The 30th for Payback, and then uh, August 23rd for SummerSlam, the 30th for Payback. And then apparently we have something coming up on the 27th, so that's going to be what? That's a rabbit um, series. 
maybe evolution too. Mm, that's right. Or hell in the cell. How dumb is that? As a they wait two years to do another evolution too, and they wait until we have no fans whatsoever. And they could have done it last year. I mean that's a very WWE thing to do. If if we're being honest. You don't have Rousey, you don't have Lynch. Yeah. You don't have like you're barely using Shayna. Like I don't understand. You're you're lo- using like literally the bare minimum that you have now. Yeah. You got rid of like a bunch of your superstars. You got rid of Maria Canales of all people. And like I'm I'm sure some of you're saying, what the fuck's so special about Maria Canales? Maria Canales as a character has changed a lot. And like I'm like really disappointed they didn't try to utilize her in like um the way they had been using like New Japan and ROH and stuff like that, or even in Impact. Well that's um, because that's because creative and by creative I mean Vince McMahon only watches one product. Um Sesame Street? No, not Sesame Street, because even if it was watching Sesame Street it would be much better. It's such good shit. Such always good with shit. that Oscar always with that Oscar in the grouch is such good shit. Um Okay, so thoughts on SmackDown. Uh it was a show. Okay, that's on NXT Triple K, Triple X. Um, NXT After Dark. NXT for 30 and plus 30 and over. <laughs> NXT Showtime After Dark. NXT Skinamax. And at night, NXT gets sexy. <laughs> Brazer presents NXT XXX. You porn um, and 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 Red Two have come together to present you NXT Triple X. NXT Triple X. Lay it out all on the glass. Brought to you by OnlyFans. <laughs> oh God! Imagine if they put like WWE pay per views on OnlyFans, but like you had to pay per match. Oh God. And like they try to and, and like they try to serve you by like you know, you get like Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton for like ten ninety nine, but then you see like I don't know, like Spike Dudley versus uh fuck who fucking Rhino for like fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> and you're like, Well it's four dollars more, it must be better. <laughs> nope, it's a double uh, disqualification. Oh God! No, no, you get so they give you uh, they they give you Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels for four ninety nine, but then you have Kane versus have... Pete Rose for like seventeen ninety nine. No, see that would be bad though. Okay, look at they give you the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels for seven ninety nine, but then they give you the Miss WrestleMania a Battle Royal from WrestleMania twenty five for like nineteen ninety nine. God damn it. Uh, let's not give WWE any ideas. God, you know what? Did you see? And before, I'm sorry. I know we're going off track, but did you see? Um, you have the network, right? No, not anymore. Okay, they uh they finally started adding per, uh progress matches up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm aware of that. They've added um, progress. Um, they've added progress a bunch of other independent. Just certain shows, it's not even like in order. They're just seeing, like, you know, what 
you know what people out there are gonna want it mm-hmm. um yeah that's interesting uh, but uh you know i'm not excited for them to start doing tears um if they ever get to that point which i feel they will but it's yeah, gonna but, happen I mean, but they're, I think they're, they're right on top of it yeah it's gonna happen it's just the pandemic's probably pushed that back quite a bit you know you would think that would be the case when it comes to firing and laying off people, but that didn't stop them. So, if anything, this gave them more of an opportunity because I'm sure without the pandemic, they wouldn't have gotten Evolve or I all of whatever that fucking catalog came with Yeah. so soon. So... We'll see. Uh, but anyways, we're getting off track here. Let's go back to NXT XXX. No, I want to keep being mad. No. No, back on track. Um, so yeah, boy, was that a show! I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. Little, little bit, little bit. Uh, so we had a so we had the opening match of Timothy Thatcher versus versus Finn Balor. Balor. Finn Balor. Finn Balor went over as he should, as he should. Um, from Valley that was kind of on me all over. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, there, Felicia Rose. Um, but yeah, so Finn Balor went over as you should. That's kind of no surprise. The next match up was the ladder match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, oh, also we had a. Uh, Pre-show wise, I forgot because I didn't get to see the pre-show. But Brizango defeated mm, right. Lurkin and Nurse and uh, Ligos de Fantasma for number one contendership for the tag team titles. Which I was actually surprised that Fantasma didn't win that. So, Given how they've been, um, yeah, you would think so. I was really surprised about it too. I'm really disappointed that finally, when we don't have fans, Brizango gets a fucking push. Yeah. Like, makes no sense. But I think that once they saw that, like, how Cardona and Hawkins are probably going to do outside, I'm sure they don't want to lose Brizango at yeah. any time soon. I mean, obviously that. But um. back, back to the uh, results. So... We had the uh, North American Championship ladder match. Uh, Damian Priest defeated, defeated Bryson Reed, or Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream. There was one spot where fucking, I think it was either Bryson Reed, I forgot who it was, but they fucking yeeted the shit out of Velveteen Dream into like, a different <laughs> atmosphere. God bless. And I was just like, good God. Good God, but I mean, Damian Priest won. I, I'm a little upset because I wanted Bronson Reed to win. That was my pick going into this. Yeah. But what else? I mean, as long as it wasn't really, you know, Dream already had the belt. Uh, Gargano's already had the belt. Fuck Grimes. Yeah, fuck Grimes. Like, uh, I had... yeah, but, but yeah, how do you, but no, but like, I, I think a lot of people weren't necessarily that excited about um I keep wanting him calling punishment. Um Priest. Priest, yeah. Uh about him winning. 
I'm okay with it. I mean, it puts a better spotlight on him. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I think he needs it. I think it's, it's uh, he has a lot of talent. I've always liked him since our age, so I'm okay with this. Now, the next thing was kind of like my shocker match of the night, Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. How was it shocking for you? I thought it was going to be awesome. I did not. Well, I knew it was going to be okay, but I didn't think it was going to be fucking fantastic. I thought it was. I, I knew from the start. I knew once I saw how Mac, how into it McAfee was, I knew this was going to be great. I don't know why. I just have a really – maybe because he reminds me of Kevin Smith with his jorts. I think yeah. – I think like that's why I'm, like, a little bit biased, but, like – I knew it from the start. <laughs> this was going to be great. Um, Adam Cole defeated Pat McAfee, as he should. Well, that's the thing, is that, you know, you could have... You could have had, Mac, had McAfee beat Cole, and it would have made sense, to a point. To but a point, I, it, yeah. But it's, but it's more kudos on McAfee for doing the job. Yeah. Because he knows he's not a full-time performer of any sort, and to basically defeat one of the longest reigning NXT champions would be a travesty. Yeah. And, but I mean, I don't think this, uh, I don't think this feud's over with by any stretch of the means. Like, I think that's going to be revisited later. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. At some point, maybe even before, maybe this is how Adam Cole actually gets sent sent off to the main roster. Hopefully not. Um, but you know, Um, then I want to see more of this, more of this, less of everything else. More of this. All right. Then we had Ishirai versus Dakota Kai. Uh, Shirai went over. Dakota Kai. Uh, just can, we stop, can, we, can, we, can we not say, like, went over when we're discussing this because we're not necessarily in the business? Can we just say won? Okay. She won. She yeah. uh, defeated. She defeated yeah. Dakota Kai. It just sounds like – it sounds so smarky. And yeah. it just sounds – it sounds so, yeah. like, disingenuous. It's like, oh, she went over. Like, oh, yeah, she did, but she won. It's still a match. It's still a competition. Okay, fine, fine. Well, you do win, loss, or defeated. Um, in the main event, we had Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Um, Kerry, this match actually went, went pretty long considering Karrion Cross got injured pretty early on in this match. Um, but it actually ended with Karrion Cross defeating. Keith Lee, and he is now the NXT champion. Um, somebody made a really good point, but with the exception of Finn Balor, basically all the face NXT champions always get a short run. Yeah. So Keith Lee only had two months. Sami Zayn's reign wasn't that long. Um, who else? Who else? Something. When you, I mean, when you look at the NXT championship in terms of reigns, I mean, there has been, there's been a lot. There's been a lot, but I mean, so for example, you've had, uh, was Big E heel when he was champion? Nakamura, that's what I was thinking too. And Nakamura didn't have that long of a, that long of a reign. Yeah. Uh, Sami Zayn only had 62 days. Uh, I think Bobby Roode was probably the, the the shortest of the heel runs. Samoa Joe only had 14 days with the belt. Fuck, that's right. AJ Styles is not an NXT champion. Shut up. <laughs> Somebody tried to put that on the like, 
Bobby Roode is the oldest champion. Yeah. Gargano had 57 days. Yeah, there we and, go. Gargano was another one. Yeah. yeah. And then Keith Lee, again, like he only had like 52 days? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, give me one second because I have it right here. Kenneth Lee. Uh, yeah, 52. So, yeah. The longest reigning, though, is, you know. Mr. Devitt. Bo Dallas was champion for 280 days. Yeah, he was the second longest champion. Neville was it's, Neville it's was weird how they, It's weird how like there's different days and how long like a difference between how many days they had it and how many days they recognize them. Like yeah. the only person that like has like the same number of days that are recognized and they were actually champion is Gargano with fifty seven. Like yeah. I think so far the biggest lapse I've seen is uh, actually not many. I think the one only person that has like a weird gap is uh, Cole. I mean, Cole has. So he he was recognized. He was champion for three hundred and ninety six days, but was recognized for four hundred and three. So that's weird, but whatever. Anyways, SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer that you'll never see coming. In your eye. All over, all over his face, neck, and chest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, how did you feel about Cross? We never, I don't think we really said. How did you feel about Cross winning? I mean... I think we had discussed it last time. I didn't, it still doesn't really make sense to give Lee such a short run if you were going to just you know, cut his run super short. Or if you were just going to kind of feed him the Cross like that. Or even yeah, if you were just going to... like. Rude. It felt, it felt very so. This whole feud felt very rushed, and then the fact that Cross went over, and we'll get into Lee a little bit later. But it felt very, very, very rushed for me. Yeah. Like I think you like there's there's plenty of people that got called up without uh, holding the NXT belt. Uh, at any point, so you could have just done that, but like, I don't know, it kind of, it kind of tarnishes what Mystique or the all that like strong mansion that you wanted to get Keith Lee for over when you were just gonna give him the yeah. cross because, like you know, okay, like yeah, cross is champion, but like why? Okay, so if he's champion, it, you know, Keith Lee is so disposable. Why did you move him up to Raw? Yeah, it it's. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, it didn't make any sense to me in the slightest bit. I'm kind of, I'm kind of meh about it, but it is what it is. Yeah. It, it is what it is. I mean, although we did get news that uh, NXT UK is coming back in September. Yeah, everything is looking good on on the UK side because you know America um, says Americans. And um, yeah, that's good for them. Um, that's uh, and it's, it's even it's you know, it's obviously good for the fans, but it's better for the wrestlers because they can actually work now. Now, without having to start an OnlyFans, a UK OnlyFans. So on to SummerSlam. Uh, this was surprisingly good. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly good. I'm actually so. 
our pre-show match was Apollo Crews versus MVP for the North or for the sorry, North American United States Championship. That was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, Cruz defeated MVP six minutes and 40 seconds of a match. And he decides to keep that ugly ass United States bill. Yep. Um, but then, you know, SummerSlam properly opened with Bailey versus Sasha Banks. I'm sorry, Bailey versus Asuka. Uh huh. Uh, Bailey with Sasha Banks versus Asuka. And you saw Sasha Banks kind of like took the, she kind of, Took the hit for Bailey so to win. Yep. And uh, retain her championship. Um, so that's what a good friend Sasha Banks is. Yeah. Now, after that, we had the Street Profits versus Barza and Vega. And I, I don't know wh- where this feud has been going because, like, the Profits have kind of been really, mm-hmm. really over, like, well, not meh, but really over. Barza and Andrade for a while now. Yeah. So they won. They won naturally. But you would you would think you know with the tagline you'll never see it coming they would have done a swerve. Yeah, that um, that tagline was only good for one thing in this. Yeah, video. we'll get to that later. Uh, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying though, but like. It's weird how they never, like, you would think they would apply it to, like, one or oh, two wow. other matches, but that's only, like, one thing. Um, yeah. But that's where, I, that's, where I, that's where I started watching during the pay-per-view was this match, like, the beginning of this match. And, I mean, private, Fair I mean, cups. Street Profits are good. Um, but it's just, you know, they didn't do the Silly String or they didn't do the Gin and Juice. So, they were really missing out. Oh, wait, that's a different show. Um, oh, one of the nice things, though, is they came, when they came out, uh, they had a bunch of red, red uh, solo cups kind of falling through the. That was actually cool. That yeah. would have been pretty cool if the people were there to actually catch them. Um, yeah. But that also probably would have been a liability. So maybe that was for the better of anybody. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, that was actually really neat. I thought that was cool. Uh, but yeah, this match was kind of eh, for me. Um, it was very meh to me. Um, the next match was is what was really good. This was actually yeah, my yeah. match of the night. Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville in a loser leaves WWE match. Originally, so, this was, so originally this was supposed to be a hair versus hair match. However, um, due to IRL events, um, you know Sonya Deville's lawyer kind of recommended not to, you know, shave her head. Yeah, uh, when I when they announced the stipulations or when they redid the stipulations, I thought it meant like. Not only are they going to shave their head, but they also have to leave WWE. I was like, oh, that's fucked up. So when like the <laughs> match, so when the the match ended and nobody was getting their head shaved, I was like, oh, what do you mean they just have to leave WWE? I'm disappointed. But no, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, and it makes sense. So Mandy Rose defeated Sonya Deville. Um, it makes sense because I'm pretty sure Deville wants to take a lot of time off right now, especially after, you know the traumatic experience she just went through. And kudos to her for showing up for both SmackDown as well as, you know, as well as SummerSlam for, you know, raving through. That's very, I, I just thought that was very dope of her. And I kind of want to make something a little bit clear too, because I saw a little bit of, no, I saw, I didn't see a whole lot of it, but I saw enough of people getting, giving Mandy Rose flack mm-hmm. for how she dressed during her match. 
Um, and like, you're kind of missing the point because Mandy Rose was really subdued in her ring attire. And that's because, yeah. you know, obviously this whole time, Sonya Deville has been saying that, you know, Mandy Rose is nothing but a pretty face and that, you know, she's gotten by nothing but her looks. And, you know, this was Mandy Rose proving that she could bring she's, the smoke. As, she's more, this is Mandy Rose proving she's not just tits and ass. I was trying to say it in a nicer way, but yes, that's true. Um, yeah, that um, she's actually, she actually belongs in the ring just as much as Sonya Deville does. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you trying to be nice about it. I, I'm just going to be pretty blunt about it. And Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought I, it was good storytelling. This whole match was, again, a lot. Like, I thought it was going to be interesting. This story, whole storyline has been interesting throughout, you know, throughout the last month. But yeah. this match, kind of, like I said, this was a match of the night for me. Um, and it's not but, even because, like, obviously, like, you know, they're – like, Sonya Deville is pretty talented. Mandy Rose is getting there, too. They're not, like, it's not Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, but just the story alone, again, the this pace, is what yeah. The story alone was great. The pacing was really good in the match. Um, I liked it. I can't complain. Moving on from match of the night to, to uh, so we had a street fight between Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins. And, Did you not uh, like this? Here's the thing. I liked the match. I didn't like the finish. What was the finish again? I mean, so you had... You basically... You had... Okay, Seth Rollins. So, okay, no, I'm sorry. So Seth Rollins pinned uh, Dominic pretty clean. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I was, I was, if anything should have had a spree finish, it should have been this match. Uh, just because it does, so Seth winning does nothing to elevate himself. I think Dominic would, if Dominic would have won, not only does it elevate him, but it gives you kind of that good, oh, wow, they finally got, like, you know, they finally got the revenge. I feel like it's kind of been dragged out like this whole feud, this whole Mysterio Rollins feud has been dragged out way too long. Um, I did like. Yeah. I did like. There's a lot of stuff I did like in the match. So, for example, I mean, you had Seth Rollins coming out and pretty much, and pretty much uh, homage to Rey Mysterio's first ring attire. The purple. Uh, that wasn't his first. That was just a really famous one. Well, yeah, one of his one of his most famous ones. Yeah, his most famous from Halloween Havoc of 1998 when he fought Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really neat. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, <laughs> like it took my dumbass a minute to realize, and I'm like, "Why does it look so fucking familiar?" And as I look behind me, I like I have that action figure. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." I'm stupid. Like you're, it's like you're a nerd. How did you not see that? Um, yeah, so I remember um, obviously Rollins hitting or setting up the table for that top turbuckle spot. Mysterio, um, I mean, uh, well, yeah, Mysterio still. Uh, Dominic Mysterio um, countered it into a white Russian leg sweep off the rope onto the table. 
Um, I remember Mysterio being ha- Rey Mysterio being handcuffed. I remember for some reason Angie Mysterio yeah. coming out to the to the to the arena for some reason. Um and then Seth Rollins trying to go after, but then that's when Dominic kind of came back up yeah. and looked like, you know, he was probably going to win. Uh, I don't remember, like, the end, end of the match. But I agree so, with you in the – it doesn't really matter now. But I agree with you in the, like, you know, it would have been cathartic for, you know, the Mysterio family to, to have the win. I mean, I think if it was – both Ray and Dominic, I wouldn't have minded it, but like this is Dominic's first match. Like you know, you can't expect a rookie to win the the Super Bowl on their first year. You, you know, and because that's a, that's a pretty big win. That's a, it's not like it's not like Dominic Mysterio was going up against like Apollo Cruz or something like that. Like he was going after a multi-time WWE and Universal Champion. Like you, uh, you would have to really suspend disbelief, even if he is. Even if he is Mysterio's son. It's not but... suspending disbelief. It's it's showing oh like for example, for like for example, if you saw Randy Orton's first match on WWE television, um, I forgot who the fuck he went up against, but you know, he won cleanly. You you wanna set up legacy wrestlers as, you know, legit contenders. You want to set them up, but, like, at the same time, like, nobody, like, not a lot of people really knew that Randy Orton was Bob Orton's son. And especially a lot of young fans at the time didn't, wouldn't really know what the fuck that meant. Um, and it's like, you know, The Rock, you know, you can say the same for The Rock. His grandfather was High Chief Nehemiah Vienna, and his father was Soul Man Rocky Johnson. Mm-hmm. But, so, but, you know, The Rock did help win, you know, help his Survivor Series team win, but, like, he didn't beat Hogan on his first night, or he didn't beat Bret Hart on his first night. Like, you know, he did something big, but it wasn't necessarily something that's going to be like, oh, like, this is why he was set for his path or whatever, you know. Like, for Dominic, again, for Dominic to defeat somebody who's a multi-time champion, it's just a little perplexing. It's, there's no reason for me to believe, like, why this kid on his first match would beat Seth Rollins. Like I, like I get it again, again. Story wise, yes, but um, oh, he beat Hart, uh, Orton beat Hardcore Holly. Okay, yeah, fuck it. See, that's Hardcore Holly was like really high mid card still. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but then he defeated Stevie Richards. Yep. So moving on to our next match, we had Sasha Banks versus with. Bailey versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And this is where uh, uh, this is where all the juiciness in this uh, little storyline came to play. Yeah. So, uh, Sa- Sasha Banks unfortunately lost her title to Asuka. It basically came down to when, uh, when Bailey had the opportunity to, you know, do the distraction. She fucked up and she fucked up and ended up getting hit by Asuka. Asuka didn't take her prize, her eye off the prize. And then, boom. Pinned, pinned Sasha. And you could kind of see, like, you can kind of see those seeds of when they were looking Bro, at each fuck? other. Yeah. Oh, I love where the storyline is going. <laughs> 
Did you? What did you think of the match itself? I mean, the like, match out of itself. Yeah, without the storyline, though. Without the storyline, it was meh. But with the storyline, like it, it's kind of sets it. It kind of sets it up. Yeah, this, this is one of the because I saw a lot of people really like this match, and I'm like, okay, are you liking the story or the match more? Because like, the, this you match know, doesn't work without the storyline. Yeah. And that's really yeah, that's very much true. To. Yeah. I feel that. Um, then we had Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. And Ugh. here's where, like, that fell off the rail for me because, like, I was expecting Claymore pin. I wasn't. No. You didn't have that match with, with Rollins. The only person who's ever had that match with was Lesnar. You can't ex- you like I didn't expect no, 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 no. this to be like a squash. I, I, w- I wasn't expecting a squash. I was like I was expect it was twenty minutes and thirty five seconds. I was expecting that. I'm just saying I was expecting the finish to be Claymore pin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was expecting an actual like finish. Yeah. Uh, so this, what, you know, what did we get? You know this reminded me of this almost reminded me of um not in in terms of emotion, but just the way it finished was um, Cody versus Nick Aldis at All In. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminded me of. But or it's just like, okay, like here's a finisher. Oh, here's gonna be another finisher. Oh, he countered it. Oh, that. Oh, he won with that counter. Oh, okay, that's that's refreshing. I guess I don't know. I didn't really find it refreshing though. I was just kind of. I think I think whenever somebody like is able to reverse a pin or I'm sorry reverse a finisher into a counter and one with a pin, I, mm-hmm. I think that only works when a it's a challenger and b it's somebody that's more of an underdog, somebody that's like you wouldn't expect to have picked up a win like the whole um, uh like lot not lot not this past week but the week before uh, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. When yeah. Orange Cassidy won with the, the that move, that pin that he did, that almost cradle, um, you know, something like that works in that situation. But like with this, I thought I thought it was weird without like an actual finish. Finish. But in in that context, that works. Yeah. Somebody forgot to press triangle and didn't hit their finisher, and so they pressed R two, and reversed it into their pin move, their reverse pin move. And I've played this game far too many times, and I remember the buttons off the top of my head. Want to know how I know you're you're a nerd? Um, how? I mean, well, there's that, and also the fact that. Is it my Bioshock background? I mean, that too. I, that's one of the reasons why I would expect that. Um, um after that, it was. It was the second championship match, right? Yep. Alrighty. Um, so that was our first championship match of the night. Next mm-hmm. up, we had Braun Strowman versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, they really gave The Fiend a long theme. Oh, by the way, happy uh, anniversary to the, to the Fiend. Yeah, it has been one year since The Fiend debuted. He debuted against Finn Balor, uh, who, you know, was basically fed to the flavor of the month. And that flavor has actually lasted quite a while. Um, it went out of style at the beginning of the year. Um, 
but you know. Give it a week. I was <laughs> I, I was thinking I was thinking about it and like the only time I actually there was actually two times I soured on the fiend. Uh once was when he lost to Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And the second time was when Tina <laughs> came out on SmackDown to talk about how he wasn't gonna be at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And instead of the fiend doing fiend things, you know, fucking with the lights and doing the whole let me in thing, he just came straight from the fucking Tron and was just pointed at the sign. Yeah. That, like, that I don't know. I still I still don't know who the fuck wanted him to do that or asked him to do that, but I thought that was the stupidest shit stupidest. in the world for somebody yeah. for somebody who's like this really weird mythical monster. Um I think for me the referee stoppage thing was one of the Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. That was yeah. ridiculous. So the yeah, referee stoppage had... and the big ass hammer thing. Yeah. We had the fiend versus Braun Strowman for the WWE Universal Championship or the like called the Universal Championship. Uh, false coming anywhere. This match went 12 minutes long. Um, boy, I like the match itself, especially like when, you know, so Fiend brought out the toolbox and like just whacked the shit out of Strowman with it. And I was like, that was one of my favorite parts of the match. Fucking Strowman, you know, exposing the uh, ring, exposing the ring itself. So like he, you know, cut through with box cutter. I was like, why isn't he using the box cutter in the fiend? This is a fucking boss cut anywhere's match. Yeah. Like there's oh, no there's, okay, yeah. yeah, there's no disqualification. Yeah. And uh so you know, the rule there's a the rule of tables unless you're the Dugly Boys. Unless you're the Dugly Boys, if you bring out a table, you're probably gonna go through it. Um yeah. the same rule applies for the ladders and as well as, you know, cutting up the rules. Cutting up the ring apron, apparently. Well, so, at least in this case. Yeah. The, uh, you know, he cut up, he basically cut up exposing the wood part of, of, the, of the ring itself. And then that allowed Fiend to do two Sister Abigails on the, on to the wood portion of the, the ring. One, two, three. Fiend is your new Blue Universal Champion. Okay. Before we go any further, what you're telling me is, is that you like that. I was okay with it. Okay, because I wasn't. And here's why. Okay. So before they went to that, before Strowman cut up the ring to expose the fucking, the, the hard, you know, the wood underneath the mat, the really mm-hmm. thin mat, mm-hmm. uh, there was a point where they... Um, they started brawling outside the ring and they got to gorilla position. And they were basically brawling all over the floor on hard concrete, on hard concrete, on metal. Yeah. And there's parts where they got slammed onto that hard concrete and metal. So you're telling me that that plywood does more damage than concrete and metal, which they had fallen on, fallen on previously. And not only that, not, and not only that, it took two Sister Abigail. It took two Sister Abigails onto that plywood. And Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt are very hefty men. 
and I mean, basically Bray Wyatt's tits, you know, you know, fucking comforted Ron Strowman's fall with those Sister Abigails. Yes. So you could see that he barely like hit, yeah. you know, and I don't think this worked because you could tell how unaffected those moves are because they didn't look as deadly as they were. Now, when we look at Revolution, oh no, we're not Revolution. Um, uh, fuck, uh, the one last year, uh, Moxie and Omega. Um, fucking Full Gear. Uh, when they had their match at Full Gear and they did that whole thing where they exposed the ring, like at least you saw somebody get powerbomb. Like it took took a move that you would believe hurt on that fucking wood. So, again, it's the, the believability of it all. You know, and I get that re- watching wrestling, you kind of stretch. You suspend your you know, disbelief. You suspend your disbelief, but still, like... You suspend your disbelief even more so for WWE. I can't. I'll, I, will, I will take the fact that Bray Wyatt has a mental issue of some sort, and he's able to chat. Oh, you froze up there. This monster that can fuck with the lights, and mm-hmm. I said I can. Ch- I can understand that Bray Wyatt has a mental issue where he can have another personality that fucks up with the lights and talks to puppets and is able to hold John Cena and Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman captive in his mind in a swamp house and in a funhouse. But to see so- to see two fluffy men fall on plywood. And then expect me to believe that they're really, really hurt. That I just, I just, I don't so, know. I don't know. That was my, so kind of the backtrack a little bit. That was my issue with SmackDown. With SmackDown, you had Bray pretty much coming to the, to the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. And instead of, you know, the Firefly Funhouse should be kind of like, you know, this mysterious place that no one can get Sacred. to. Yeah. If you if you pull him out of the Firefly Funhouse and you're just in the back, you know, fighting with each other, it completely fucks up the mystique of it. It shows that anybody can go into the Firefly Funhouse. It's like Rollins. It's like when Rollins went to the Firefly Funhouse and burned it. Like, how did Rollins get there? Yeah. Like, I can understand yeah. how John Cena got there because basically Bray Wyatt invited him into the Funhouse. But, like, yeah. from all we know, the Funhouse is just a figment of Bray Wyatt's imagination. Or even worse, of the Fiend's imagination. Um, yeah. So to say there's a mortal way for Strowman and Rollins to get in there and do any sort of damage, like you said, ruins all mystique. And it's just like, okay, then, like, if they can get in there, why isn't anybody else getting in there? Why don't we see other people doing segments in the Funhouse? Yeah, I agree. And it's... Uh, I'm fucking like it's. I like I dude I like like you said like for WWE we do have to sort of suspend a lot of disbelief, but like there's it gets you could, to a point. No, it, yeah, it gets to a point, but also like they play things like super super fucking safe, and like this is a big. I know somebody's gonna get mad at me for this, but please try to see it. Like, please try to see this the way I'm I'm seeing it. This is a big four pay-per-view. Pandemic be damned. This is a big four. And, like, nothing really about this made it feel as special as they wanted it to be. Like, it's the same thing you can say about WrestleMania. They tried their hardest. And I'm sure for SummerSlam, they tried their hardest, too. 
But like nothing about this screams for me. Like this is a major pay-per-view and this is a reason why I should care about it. Up until the last maybe two minutes of this pay-per-view. Donald, please go on and explain. So post-match, post-match, we had someone pop out and just beat the shit out of the fiend and Braun Strowman. Who was that gentleman? Um, life. Life? No, it was actually uh, Roman Reigns, which actually surprised the shit out of me. I was not expecting that. Um, also, what does um, Roman Reigns have against The Fiend? I don't remember. I couldn't see him having beef with Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman took his championship, you know, match uh, opportunity with him, kind of. Now, um, but we, what, we what's, brief- his, what's his beef with The Fiend? We briefly talked about this and. I said, oh, man, is this a heel turn? And you're like, no, this is badass Roman Reigns. Yeah, like, uh, he had the shirt on that said, what, what did he say? Be, uh, beat up everybody and, and leave or escape? Just, or just destroy show. everyone and leave. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, like, you know, he beat up, he came and beat up Strowman and Wyatt, the face, which which is weird. The Fiend was the face in this match. That's what I forgot to mention. The, the Fiend yeah. was the face in this match. And Braun Strowman was the heel. He comes and beats up both. Both are really extremely powerful dudes. And, you know, he's not taking sides. He's just coming in, taking, kicking ass and taking names. And, you know, yeah, you were just like, is this a heel turn? And I told you no, because, like, Austin was never a heel. He was a tweener. Or if he wasn't even a tweener, he was just an anti-hero. Like, he, like you know, Austin never turned full heel, never turned full heel until he shook McMahon's hand at WrestleMania 17. Here's um, my thought process. And... Maybe this is this is probably this is definitely a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if he is the person behind Metribution? No, no, he's very he's very much big dog, lone wolf, my yard kind of dude. Once he took that yard from the Undertaker, that's his. Why would he want to share it with anybody else? He was betrayed and let down by his brothers, you know. And then he can't he can't draw fucking wrong. And third, like again, like he's always kind of ran alone ever since he broke up with the shield. Like there's no reason for him to have anybody do his bidding. Especially when he's a really strong dude, athletic dude who's always like, This is my yard and fucking you know, almost like, you know, the second John Cena. So like I can't really see him needing any sort of like backup. Um two things. One, um, nice teeth. Two um that's what she said god i cannot i i do not look forward to hearing and here comes the big dog from fucking michael cole again um third thing that i just uh, thought of because i said nice teeth number one um why 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 did he beat up the fiend so easily yeah like Okay, four things. Actually, four fucking things. Already with the Roman Reigns bullshit because now he has a title match. Yeah. At Payback. Like, people, motherfuckers just get title matches willy-nilly. Like, That's what happens when you're the big dog. What happens when... Yeah, so fucking shit. Like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I, I, I get there are people that are Roman Reigns fans and I'm sure you're gonna fucking, like, you're gonna defend this to the death, but, like, Why? Like, what, why, I mean, fucking, there are other people that statistically probably deserve more of a championship <laughs> match than Roman Reigns. 
And like, yeah, sure, you can say, well, he's owed one for you know fucking missing WrestleMania. Okay, well, he gave up his spot at WrestleMania. And yeah, yeah, he, and, sure, and yeah, sure, he did it for his family and he did it for his own, uh, you know, well-being and physical health. That's cool. He still gave it up, though. Um, I agree. I one hundred percent agree. And it's, uh, I don't think, like, it's just again, like, you, this this doesn't help people shitting on Roman Reigns and like again, like the whole thought of him being shoved down. WWE fans' throats, because he, what exactly did he do to earn it? Like he didn't pan, he didn't beat anybody in a match. He just came, speared, kind of like gritted his teeth to show off his new veneers, and then left. When you look at the SmackDown roster, there are several, there are several other, there are several other uh, wrestlers who deserve. You know who that deserves it. You know who deserves that opportunity that never got his rematch? It's fucking Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I agree. Um, can we? And I know this isn't in the in the notes, but can we talk about uh, the thing that I sent you earlier? Yeah, I mean, we could. You know, we could do that now. We could do that now. So, um, did you watch Talking Smack uh, this past week? I did not, but I read the notes of it. So this, so they brought back Talking Smack and. Um, the new host since uh, uh, Renee Young has now left WWE and Renee, we wish you all the best um, because we know you're destined for great things. Um, you know, the new hosts of Talking Smack were going to be Caleb Braxton and uh, Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, uh, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, it's, you know, it's a different dynamic. It's different people and it's people of color, which is obviously awesome. People of color actually talking about wrestling. Uh, because we actually need more of that. Um, and so, unfortunately, though, that uh, apparently that they didn't really communicate with Aust- uh, with uh, Apollo. Xavier. Apollo, sorry. With Xavier Woods, that he was supposed to be there at a certain date. So it was just Caleb Braxton and uh, The Miz. Um, and so they were the hosts for this, for the first Talking Smack. Um and then they had uh, Big Epsilon on as one of their guests, Big E. And it got kind of heated. And obviously, I think a lot of people are wondering if it's a shoot. But obviously, it's a work because of the way it is. But it, it's just really telling. So what I mean by that is when it got to a point where Miz was talking to Big E about you know, Biggie now kind of having to do a singles run because Woods and uh, Kingston are both out with an injury. Correct. And so, uh, you know, Miz telling E that, oh, you have to kind of take this seriously or you have to you have to take this seriously because nobody else is going to take you seriously. And, you know, Biggie kind of just says like, you know, why should I? Like, I don't, like, you know, I've gotten here because of the way I am. Like, there's no reason for me to, you know, turn serious now. And he also says uh, something about Kingston. Um, All right, let me just read it from K-Chide because they they say it a little bit more eloquently than I do because my thoughts are all over the place. Uh, E pressed pause on that topic to address another one. Something he said Kingston is too humble to do the right right thing, to raise himself. How Kofi had his legs cut out from underneath him at the end of his WWE championship run. and then Miz kind of goes on to say that he had the same thing done to him. 
uh, he kind of, you know, Miz gets hot. And this was actually interesting because this is, uh, it's kind of parroted a lot of conversations about race that, you know, black people have with other people, um, you know, in the real world, wherein the, you know, the, the person of color always manages to stay calm while mm-hmm. they are speaking on their experiences and making their points. Whereas the other person is always getting really loud and really like, you know, trying to aggressively prove their own point and showing how they too have experienced the same injustices or whatever, even though they are completely different. Um, But Miz kind of goes on to say like, oh yeah, like, you know, he got his legs cut out from under him and he never really had a championship shot after he lost his championship and yada, yada, yada. And like, well, first off, bro, you and Morrison just literally had a championship shot together in a two-on-one handicap match, and you couldn't get yeah. the job done. So you can't say that you never got your chance or your, you know, your your moment to shine. Um, two, this is really interesting because I'm sure this is a work, and I'm, I know that what they were, they know what they were doing. You know, there was a reason why they had this conversation. But it, this is also kind of uncomfortable for me because it's one thing for WWE to have these conversations and to acknowledge that they're aware of what goes on in the company sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to have these conversations and to not do anything about it. To not actively try and change what goes on with your roster and how you try to prove inclusivity and how opportunities really are available to more people because can you please tell me the the last person of color that had a uh, shot at the WWE championship or at the universal championship for that matter ever since Kofi Kingston lost his championship on the first SmackDown on Fox there hasn't been Exactly. And there are plenty of people of color on, you know, on the yeah. WWE roster, on the, on the Raw and SmackDown roster that aren't just a part of the New Day. Bob, I mean, we will say Bobby Lashley did get a title opportunity for the, for the WWE Championship. But, That's true. Okay, but even between then, even between October, uh, you know, whatever, October, was yeah. it the second? To uh, July of this year. July of this year. When was the last time somebody got somebody a person of color got? And I'm not just talking about a black person. I mean, a black person would be nice, but I'm talking about any person of color. None, none that I can think of personally. So, what are you? So, really, again, what is the point of of just talk? You know, what does Kendrick Lamar say? Don't just talk about it. Be about it. What is WWE going to do from here on in to show us? To show people of color that, you know, that we really do have a chance of being represented as a main championship and not just being fed to Brock Lesnar, because apparently that was the plan the whole entire time. You know, and it, it it's, again, it's disheartening and almost sickening that nobody, that, this, that that was the plan all along and that nobody gave a shit after Kofi Kingston lost, because that really was a moment for you know, people of color, but for black people specifically. And I just, it's, it's just so fucking stupid. Yeah. 
I agree. I 100% agree. Um, it's it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. I just I, like I said. I this is again like there are many reasons right now why I'm not into WWE, um, and this is just one of them. Like it's just it feels like almost a pander. And I don't know what exactly the end game is here. And honestly, they barely know what the end game is for any show of theirs on any given day. So I don't fucking trust well, it. That's like, I mean, that's a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about next was, was oh, Raw. An accident. <laughs> yeah. Was Raw. And uh, I mean, so Raw pretty much like went through several different script rewrites throughout the day and actually by 15 minutes before the start of the show wasn't even the script wasn't even completed before 15 minutes before the sharks the show started uh-huh. um so raw in general like it was a show uh you had you coming out of coming out of raw you had a alistair black heel turn which was one of the, probably the most probably the most notable thing for Raw. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else just kind of felt really meh. But there was a lot of stuff that was kind of supposed to happen that just got thrown thrown to the wayside. So, yeah. Fightful actually reported on this, and one of the things that was, one of the things that kind of was thrown to the ground was, uh, so, USC veteran Jasmine Duke was supposed to take on an enhancement wrestler in a one-minute match, um, didn't happen, and so same thing with Mary Sapir. She was supposed to take on another. She was supposed to take on another enhancement talent, and didn't. You know, nothing happened with that. The other thing was uh, Titus O'Neil was supposed to be on uh, Raw Underground, and he was supposed to be taking on Riddick Moss, but that didn't happen, and then. Which this was advertised last week, Ivar versus Dolph Ziggler in Raw Underground, and that never happened. So it was, it's really interesting, like just how much, you know, Vince McMahon just throws shit. Bitch, look at my screen. I'm sorry, bitch. I read, I read notes like while I'm talking. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Can I say 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 can I say? Well, give us a minute, give us a minute, because it is breaking news. Um, but yeah, and then outside of that, like you had Metribution kind of interfering, and taking out Mysterio and Dominic, and that was wrong. Now, what about the breaking news? Now you can say it. Breaking news. Guess who's coming back to NXT, bitch? Wade Barrett is coming back to do commentary for this week's NXT. Um, it is a one-shot kind of thing. It's not a, it's not a exclusive deal or anything like that. But you know, that's really interesting because Wade Barrett, fucking amazing on the mic. I'm afraid that you just had nothing for me but bad news. Uh, the I mean I don't care I don't care if it's a one-off I he was tremendous as bad news Barrett I don't understand why again another person that they underutilized 
Yeah. Um, and hopefully it does turn into something bigger uh, for him uh, because Lord knows, I think he is too big for um, the NWA or whoever the fuck he was with. He was with the NWA, right? Yes. Yeah, I think he was too good for that. I mean, no offense in the NWA or anything, but fuck you. He was also part of what culture pro wrestling? That's right. He was WCPW. So, uh, Keith Lee? Yeah. Keith Lee uh, debuted on Raw this past, this past Monday. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah, it certainly was a debut. The entire internet was pissed off about this because they, uh, so he debuted in a, he debuted against Randy Orton. Um, Randy Orton came out to cut a promo, Keith Lee. You hear, oh, bask in his glory. And every, mm-hmm. like, I, I popped so fucking hard. And then, then his music hit and they, they changed it. And, and yeah, they again like I don't like was there do is there was there some sort of big falling out with CFOs that we're just not aware of that they're trying to undo all of their work because like almost there's almost no CFOs on the main roster. Actually, they're kind of losing shit on NXT. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that, but it's like generic rock 1 2 and 3 now for everything now. Like is that where they also like cut the budget too on music? Like they're so. just they're just going to like SoundCloud and just getting like oh this sounds like somebody could walk to a ring with it. That's it feels like that. Again, it's we're we're, we're really getting into the era of wrestling where I stopped watching, which is between like two thousand like ten to two thousand thirteen, where it's just like you have good people in there, you have people that know what they're doing that are obviously really talented, but like there's nothing necessarily unique about the show that I should be watching. So, like, why shouldn't I just go out to the indies and look at their old stuff? Here's the thing. Music definitely makes a big difference when someone's entrance. Oh, bro, totally. Like, Gangrel wouldn't have been as cool. I mean, he probably would have been, but without his entrance, you know, that, that made up, like, 75% of his character. With Keith, with Keith Lee's music, especially with something like Thunderdome, you would want, you know, you would want that, the, those people to be like, you know, Keith Lee, Keith Lee. Or right. oh, bask in his glory. You know, honestly, I want to be real. I didn't really care for his theme song, you know, that much. I love his theme song. Mm, it was all right. But the other thing that they did was they changed his ring gear. Yeah, his ring gear was interesting. I don't, I don't fucking like his ring gear. Like, they basically gave him a skirt. It looks like a No, they were skirt. just really drapey pants. They are really drapey pants, but it looks like a skirt. It kind of does, yeah. Like, I get that it's stripy pants, but it looks like a skirt. Um, Keith Lee took to Twitter as well. He said, music is out of my hands, period. Leave it be. I'll sort it out later. So. Yeah. Yeah, even he knows that, like, even though he knows it sucks. <sighs> uh, um, did you... Did, Whoa, you are breaking. I know. Up there. Well, you watched no. Did you watch NXT Live? I don't remember who did. Did you watch NXT Live? I don't remember who did. I mean NXT. Yeah, NXT. Yeah. Did you watch NXT Live? 
Do you, how many times are you going to say NXT? NXT, 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 sorry. Uh, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm telling you, I'm tired. Uh, um, did you watch NXT Live or not? NXT Live last week? Uh, for uh, NXT 30. Yeah, I did watch it live. Okay, did you watch AEW or no? Oh, uh, no, no, no. I watched, I watched both, so. One was oh, on the okay. computer, one was on, on the TV. Okay. Uh, but what did you think of, of Dynamite overall? Dynamite was a mess show. I mean, it was going to be a mess show because they knew it was going to be on a Saturday. They knew they were going to lose viewers. The finish, however, of the show, you know, was, was pretty solid. That being said, that being said, a lot more people tuned in than, you know, I guess anticipated. Yeah. So, I think. Hold on, sorry. The show itself drew in drew in seven hundred seven hundred and fifty five thousand viewers, which is about what NXT did this week. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's with uh, without competition, yeah. Yeah, that's completely without competition. That's even that the show started late because of because of NBA. Because originally the show was supposed to start at five o'clock. NBA ran over for about half an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty solid considering all things considered. Um, yeah. Even more so because you know, so Warner Media was extremely happy with the number because they also did really really good in that ever important you know eighteen to forty nine demo. Mm-hmm. Thirty nine. Thirty nine or forty nine. Forty nine. Oh, okay. So they got that eighteen to forty nine demo locked down for Saturday night, which is again extremely impressive. And that's also that it was running, pretty much running against NXT TakeOver. Like, there's only a half hour difference between TakeOver and, and the AEW. Yeah. Um, so. I thought, like, obviously, yeah. Okay. So, real quick, we don't have to go too much into it. Um, we'll, we'll probably just dive into the main event a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Dynamite was a little bit of a mess because of you know obviously they they followed the uh, the NBA playoffs or whatever or sports ball playoffs or whatever. I don't fucking watch sports. Um, you know, so it was kind of a uh, you can tell it was edited so that way it can kind of flow a little bit quicker. So it felt kind of weird. Um, yeah, there was almost think- no wrestler entrances in this Dynamite. Yeah, basically, uh, and they but they did a lot of like multi-man matches because they knew that they they were hoping obviously for uh, for cat, for regular fans to find them on this Saturday, um, but they were also probably see, probably anticipating uh, more newer people who had never gotten to see Dynamite for whatever reason. So like they're just probably hoping to catch people flipping through channels or whatever, or just kind of like just generally curious because hey, it's wrestling on a Saturday afternoon. What the fuck is this? You know. Especially with people being home on a Saturday, um, even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought that was really smart. Um, but nothing really like I don't know. It felt this all felt kind of weird for me. Um, but then again, you know, again, wrestling on a Saturday is always weird, especially that early. I watched the East Coast feed, and so that was on. That was on at three thirty my time. So again, it was really really weird. Um, it's super weird for you. You're just like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, like, why is, like, the sun fully out and I get to see Sammy Guevara on my TV? I don't understand. I feel like, I felt like an owl that's up in the middle of the day. Like, what the fuck? 
Um, so the main event of the match was Cody versus uh, the Exalted One, Brody Lee. And the I lo- okay, so I really like these. Um, I've always liked the the Cody Open challenges. Um, aside from the except aside from the part that we don't really get much build to his opponents. Yeah. Um, somebody said that somebody's trying to make the argument that's the Scorpio Sky was just kind of like the token black guy, or whatever oh. of all the of all his uh, of all his open challenges and how it didn't mean anything, especially because nobody knows if he's in or out of SCU. I'm just like, well, first off, you don't watch Dark because they said he's in SCU still, but he's just doing singles stuff. Yeah. And Kaz and Daniels are focusing on the tag team stuff. Um, second, like, again, nobody really got much of a build. You know, Scorpio Sky got at least some video packages even, like, you know, a couple months before. So you kind of learn more about Scorpio Sky. If you didn't see those, that's kind of on you, too. Um, but, like, so, again, Knowing how everything has gone, he's 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 he, Cody fought a lot of talented people before. I did not see this match going the way it went at all, and I'm kind of I'm kind of happy and sad about it. So basically, uh, it was a squash match, uh, of a oh, fucking yeah. squash match between Brody Lee and Cody. Like Cody, I mean, Brody Lee just just mopped the fucking floor with Cody, and the match lasted like maybe what five minutes, almost six minutes. Yeah, and it was it was all Brody Lee, and you know Brody Lee, you know beats Cody, uh, wins the TNT Championship. Uh, he celebrates, and you know none of the Dark Order were out there with him, and that's because they were beating down on QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, and uh, you know freaking Cody does a stretcher job, and a, uh, they're leading him out. Brody stops him and, you know, destroys Cody even more. Brandy comes out and tries to shield Cody from any more wrath of Brody Lee. And uh, was it Anna Jay? Anna Jay came out and just... Anna Jay comes out and, and puts out. Brandy in a yeah, real naked choke. And, you know, it, we end on Brody standing tall over the Nightmare family. And I think it was... I love the, the scene, how poetic it was that Brandy... But while they were both knocked out, Brandy and Cody Rhodes were still, uh, Cody were still uh, holding hands. I thought that was beautiful. Um, but I loved all of that in general. My only problem was that it happened on the Saturday, on the Saturday show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it obviously worked out for them. Uh, they got really good numbers. So, hey, fuck me. But I don't know. It just, I would have saved that for the regular time slot or I would have saved that for Thursday. Yeah. But, but there's uh, again. But again, it shows what I know. Since they still got like you know, um, like three quarters of a million viewers. There may be actually a reason why they did that on this past Saturday show. Oh yeah, tell me. Um. So this is coming from PWI Insider. Uh, Cody Rose is going to be off TV for several weeks. Um, and. AW has, you know, AW is basically going to announce that as, a, as an update on this coming Thursday. Um, so Mike Johnson of PWI Insider specu- is speculating that it has something to do with uh, with a potential appearance in an upcoming TV show with Stephen Amell. So Stephen Amell is a longtime friend of Cody, and he's starting a new stars 
show, and apparently Cody has been casted in it. Because when you are Bullet Club, you are Bullet Club for life. Um, that's so, interesting. That's that's good for him. Yeah, just kind of all the arrows, no pun intended, are pointing well, to that direction. Well, that was actually pretty nice. I'm like, I'll I'll give that one to you. Yeah, I, I did not intend to that that, but so it should be pretty interesting. Um. With that, do you have anything else that you want to add? Um, give me money. Yes. No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Give us money if you like. If you like good books. Oh, I was being facetious. I totally forgot that there's like a there's like a there's like a way for them to do that on Anchor. Yeah. So if you go to Anchor, if you go to look us up on Anchor, you can actually donate money to us. Um, Please look us know, up on Daddy Anchor's yeah. fucking webpage and give us all the money. Yep. Uh, you can basically go there, click on it. We actually have a link in our description. So, you know, there's anywhere from a dollar to ten dollar donations like that you can do, and any money that we get gets put towards the show. So, I am uh, me- I am mentally and physically exhausted right now. So before we end the show, I am going to share one stupid thing I heard on YouTube the other day. What um, was that? When it was raining, apparently this dude was looking up at the sky and said, "Sky Daddy, thank you for the cummies." What that had to do with the show, I have no idea. I'm just tired. Where can they find you, good sir? <laughs> I am at pending257 on Twitter. And of course, you can find me on the Twitter and Facebook page, TNDW Podcast, if I am awake. You can also can find, find me on, you? You can also find me on TNDW Podcast, as well as all my other social medias, E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O, El Dambrujo. Um... Yeah, what would you say? Would you say that's a show? I'd say that this has been a fucking disaster. <laughs>